Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 77. If you're looking for a fun, quick Royal Caribbean cruise, then it's hard to beat one on Royal Caribbean's Enchantment of the Seas. This little ship offers a lot, and this week, I wanted to take you through the top five of everything there is to see and do on Enchantment so you don't miss a thing. We've also got your listener emails to answer. Here we go. There's so many great things to do on a Royal Caribbean cruise, and each ship offers a little something different. So this week, I'm continuing our Top 5 series where we discuss the top five things about the topic at hand that are not to be missed, great activities, shows, or just parts of the cruise experience that you ought to really check out. And this week, we're talking about Enchantment of the Seas, and i got to be honest, if I'm talking Enchantment of the Seas, I have to bring on fellow Royal Caribbean blog contributor, geek, Super fan and all around nice guy Michael Poole on the show because Michael has cruised on her well <laughs> quite a bit. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me on. It's always fun to talk Royal Caribbean and especially excited to talk about the Enchantment of the Seas. Absolutely, Michael. Pleasure to have you on here. And I alluded to it a little earlier. You know, Enchantment of the Seas is like your home away from home because how many times have you been on her now? I have been on her six times and five within the last twelve months. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's uh, it's it's not uncommon that I get a text message from Michael saying just booked this weekend's cruise on Enchantment, and I'm like, oh my gosh, man, I am jealous, and I and I applaud you and hate you at the same time. I'm not sure how that's possible. <laughs> exactly, and I am definitely keeping my eye on an Enchantment sailing next month. Nothing booked, so be be on the lookout for that text. What brings you back to Enchantment all the time, Michael? Enchantment's a really special getaway. I always, you know, they offer a four-day sailing Monday through Friday or the weekend sailing three-day Friday through, you know, Monday. So I always do the weekend getaway. I don't have to miss any time from work. And it's a nice just Bahamas getaway, uh, sunshine, especially during the winter months when, you know, it's cold and you're in the work grind. It's just nice to get away for three days and let loose and, you know, get some sunshine and then get back to work first thing Monday morning. Absolutely. You know, one of the great things about Enchantment is, you know, it used to, prior to being, it's really based right now in Port Canaveral. But before that, it was based in Baltimore, Maryland, and it did some cruises out of there. And they moved it here when Royal Caribbean retired Monarch of the Seas and transferred it out of the fleet. And that, I always thought that was a huge upgrade because Monarch was getting a little old in the tooth, let's be honest. It was a great ship and it's time, but, you know, it's time for it to go. And that being said, you know, in, in Enchantment really offers just a lot because it had gotten an upgrade recently, much like a lot of the fleet has, in fact. And I just think that it, it just offers a great experience. And, and, you know, for those little quick cruises, especially, you know, it's out of Port Canaveral, easy to get to from anybody can fly into the Orlando area, tons of flights going in there. And, you know, it's a quick little cruise to the Bahamas, depending on, like you said, the four or three night, but it just offers a lot. And I mean, when you look at the prices and, and Michael lives in the Southeast, so he can drive there, doesn't have to worry about airfare like the rest of us. But, you know, obviously having those kinds of really inexpensive cruise fares really makes a difference. Oh, absolutely. I've gone on her for as little as, you know, $100 for three days. And, you know, I'd spend more than that on a weekend. So I'm like, why not just get away for the weekend to the Bahamas? Absolutely. So we're going to be talking about the top five things on this Vision class ship, and let's talk about them because we, you know, we kind of went over. I was thinking about it, Michael. You were thinking about it, and I think we want to start out with number five. Something I think it, it's very subtle, and honestly, you might miss it if you're not looking for it. And that is the floor windows. Yes, floor windows on Enchantment of the Sea. So, Michael, what are these floor windows exactly? 
this is a really unique feature uh, on the Vision class enchantment. So, and you know, when they expanded the ship, I believe it was 2000 around then when they expanded the ship. So they added these floor window. Um, so basically you stand over it and you can look straight down to the ocean and it makes a good picture. I always, every time I'm on the ship, I go over there and, you know, grab my camera, stand over the glass and look straight down to the ocean, you know, 13 decks below. So it's a really cool photograph and it's kind of fun to stand over it as well. Absolutely. It's this, basically what it is, is a, uh, a window on the floor that allows an unobstructed view of the ocean below. And it was something that was added. You mentioned it, and we should probably should talk about it a little bit. The Enchantment Seas was actually stretched back in 2005. There was an overhaul for the ship that occurred, and they actually cut the ship in half, added some more to it in the middle, and then reattached it, which is a pretty cool thing. And they added, this added a lot of different things, including these little floor windows. And it's kind of cool. You know, they have this actually, Michael, in on Quantum of the Seas, but it's inside. It's like basically in uh, one of the elevator lobbies. So you can look down, which is pretty cool. But being able to see the ocean, I think, is a little bit cooler. And it gives you that you know something just neat to be able to go check out. It makes for good photos, right? You take a photo of you standing there, your feet, and the ocean below. You know, it's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of an intimate photo. You kind of look back and you're like, oh, we were standing over the ocean, you know, 10, 12 decks high. It's just a cool feature that only an enchantment has. You can't find that on any of the other Vision class ships. Absolutely. Let's move on to number four, and we're talking about the Splash Deck. And the Splash Deck is a pretty cool feature. Again, added as part of that overhaul back in 05. And what it is basically is 64 water jets where kids can run around, run through the water, spray each other, or they can actually create their own fountain with this neat little touchpad system. And this is pretty cool. So like, it's kind of like a, a more basic version of the uh, H2O zone that you might find on the Freedom class or the Oasis class. But this is a different kind of experience altogether, and it's just cool. Let me tell you something. As a father of, of a young child, my daughter loves these kinds. Just be able to run around like a fool in and out of the water, you know, setting off the fountains, you know, getting sprayed, you know, playing with other kids. I mean, it's just a great little thing for families. It's a wonderful experience for them to be able to, to, to do because it's just – it's one of those things as parents you can sit back, read your book, listen to your iPod, and watch your kids just run around until they literally teeter themselves out. And, and that, that's cool in and of itself. But I think this is kind of a neat little thing and as well. You, you've probably seen it, Michael. Probably in – you've probably seen it when we're – in the thing we're going to talk about next at number three. But at night, they close the splash deck down, and it becomes a fiber optic light and water show, which makes for awesome photos and just a neat little backdrop. So it's a great way that Royal Caribbean has taken something that ordinarily would just be closed during the day, you know, during the night, and be like, okay, well, that's it. Can't use it. And they made it into something a little cool and different. So it's, I think it's just a wonderful piece of engineering. It, it's fun for the kids in the daytime, and I just love – I'm a sucker of fiber optic light shows. I don't know about you, but it's a cool little uh, addition, I think. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, even during the day, my photos with all the color of the Splash Zone, you know, I love taking photography and all the colors in the Splash Zone uh, make it a great, great photo as well. Even when I sent you last week for your social media photo, that was – Right at the splash zone. Absolutely. I often get a lot of photos. You know, we do on Royal Caribbean blog on the website. We do Friday photos where readers sent in lots, their their favorite Royal Caribbean photos. And I can tell you, I've gotten a lot of photos from the splash zone. It's just like, I think, I think you're right, Michael. It's those colors. It's just a pretty area to look at, even if you aren't running around like a, like my four-year-old daughter and, and just getting yourself <laughs> soaking wet. 
So uh, let's talk about that thing I alluded to earlier, number three. Dancing under the stars, poolside party, something that is near and dear to one Michael Poole's heart. This is one of my favorite events on the Enchantment of the Seas. So when you're in Nassau, you know, on the three-day sailing, you're there from noon until midnight. So at 1130, they start in Under the Stars, typically your buffet, midnight buffet, but they turn it into an Under the Stars pool deck party. So the DJs out there, like Matt referred to, all the neon lights from all over the pool deck are glowing, and they turn up the music, and there's a dancing party under the stars as you sail out of Nassau. Uh, it's just something different. You know, it's very casual, uh, midnight buffet, so there's things for all types to do, and it's just a lot of fun. And, you know, there's a huge bar there that can service everybody, so... It's one of my favorite events to go on. So if you go on the Enchantment, make sure you don't miss the Midnight Under the Stars party. Are you referring to the Oasis Bar, perhaps? I am referring to the Oasis Bar. Yeah, it didn't make our list, but I know that's one of your favorite places to go. So what? What? Tell first of all, explain what the Oasis Bar is and why you like it so much. Okay, so you know I I always get excited talking about this bar because it's unlike anything on any Royal Caribbean ship. So during the expansion that Matt referred to, they added this really long bar by the pool deck. So most of the pool deck bars are on one side of the deck or the other. This one is in the dead center, and it's facing the ocean. And so it's long stretch with about 25, 30 bar stool seats, and you're facing the ocean, which these days on some of the larger ships, it's kind of hard to kind of bring the ocean into your cruise. So I just sit at this Oasis long bar and look at the ocean for hours and it's something really spectacular, and I'd recommend going on the ship just to experience the Oasis Bar. I talk about it all the time with my friends and family. I love it. Like, why'd you book the cruise? Was it for the destinations, the the fun? No, nah, it's for the bar, dude. I'm, I'm there to go look at the ocean. I'm looking at the Oasis Bar. Yes. Uh, it's it's definitely a cool thing. There's no question about it. And, you know, being able to be there at the party. Is the party usually a DJ, or is it live music? It is always a DJ. Nice. Very cool. Well, you know, we keep, you know, what, what I love about this list, and this wasn't intentional at all, but I swear all of them are linking into each other because you mentioned the Oasis Bar, which is underneath number two on our list, which are the suspension bridges. And once again, that expansion we talked about to the ship back in 2005, one of the things they did was the main pool area was substantially increased when that ship was lengthened, again, as we mentioned earlier. And in addition, these suspension bridges, and I use them in quotes, were added on either side to add a little flair to the area as a whole. And it's, I don't know, how would you explain to somebody what it is without actually seeing a photo of it? Really hard to describe, but it's just beautiful arch that hangs over the pool deck with um, very kind of oval shaped. And the bridge inclines maybe three, four feet as you're walking on the top pool deck. And it's just a really I, – I enjoy taking photos through the bridges, sunset, but it's a really nice, um, intimate spot I find for the sun – for the – you know, when the sun goes down. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful piece to the enchantment. Yeah, it gives you a great vantage point of the pool deck below, and the, the arches are on the top deck of the ships, the very, very top, and they span about 65 feet on either side. So it's a pretty cool – you know, again, giving you that kind of – I love getting like the high ground view of these things. And this is something, again, as you mentioned, it's something very unique to Enchantment of the Seas. 
and and a really cool feature. And this is why I think the suspension bridges are something that if you're on the ship, you know, if you're at the if you're at the the dancing under the stars poolside party, you know, you may, maybe you're going to be down there, obviously partying it up, but maybe you want a little breather. You go up to the suspension bridges and take a look at the party down below. And during the daytime, same thing. You know, it's it's great for walking. It's it's a neat little thing, and I think it's something you, that can't be missed when you're on the ship. I agree. Um, and like again, no other vision class has these bridges, so unique to the enchantment. All right. Now let's round things out here with our number one thing about Enchantment of the Seas. And to me, I think it's the jump zone, Michael. And these are the jump zone are four inflatable bungee trampolines where passengers can use bungee cords and trampolines to jump as high as 35 feet above the deck, or if you want to be more specific, 200 feet above the sea. And this is a pretty cool thing. So again, something unique and different. And, you know, this is just a really neat thing, something different too, because, you know, we, often we talk about roller coaster ships, we talk about the rock climbing wall, we talk about the flow rider, we talk about mini golf, we talk about the iFly, and, you know, bumper cars now, but this is something that's a little different in and of itself, and I gotta ask, Michael, have you tried the jump zone yet? I have not tried the jump zone, but this is kind of something that flies under the radar and untalked about in Royal Caribbean. Um, I was on the Enchantment this past weekend, and as we were pulling into Nassau, I saw this child jumping up and down, you know, 10 feet in the air with the biggest smile. And I was like, he has the best seat in the house. You know, we're pulling into Nassau, and he's right on the front of the ship jumping up and down. And and I'm I'm not going to lie, I was a little jealous of his views. (laughs) <laughs> it's a really cool thing and you can I think the age minimum age somewhere around six years old and I've been told that the key to jumping actually to get the height if you want to really go high is not actually jumping it's in your arms you have to pull on the cords as well as push off so it's basically it's like bungee and trampoline at the same time and it's a little uh it takes a little coordination but it's a very cool thing and I think it uh, I mean you know you're all it's it's very safe and so you're kind of locked in there it's not like the flow rider where you can you know face plant or anything like that you're totally, you know, locked in there. And again, something really cool and different to do and, and free, by the way. So, you know, but you got nothing to lose. You sign a waiver and you're good to go. Yeah, it's a complimentary thing. And, and that's one theme I find on the Enchantment is there's not a lot of extras like you find on the, the newer Royal Caribbean ships. There, there's really no extra charges for anything that you do. It's all included. Uh, and that's one of the things that I really enjoy is you just pay for the cruise and you go. and You don't have to worry about upcharges all day long. Sounds good. And before we go, I know, Michael, when we were coming up with this list, you had two others that didn't make the list. So we're going to have two honorable mentions. What were the two that you thought were also worthy of checking out if you happen to be on Enchantment of the Seas? So the first one is, you know, Royal Caribbean has a signature bar across the fleet. It's called the Schooner Bar. But one thing that makes Enchantment unique is the Schooner Bar is very very similar to the Radiance class ships where the bar is completely covered with glass from one end of the bar all the way down to the other. And that's just something that I find really special. You just sit there, you know, five, six o'clock, watch the sunset go down, uh, and it's all glass. So I, I really enjoy the schooner bar on this ship. Uh, and secondly is the world's famous Quest. So the Quest is always such a good time, but... Something about the quest on the enchantment is just a little different than they are on the other ships. So if you happen to be on the enchantment, make sure you stop at the quest. So it's the last night at 1130. And, you know, we don't like to spill all all the beans, but it's a great time. And don't miss it on the enchantment. 
Yeah, it seems one of the cool things about Enchantment of the Seas is it has a little bit of different vibe to it in terms of people having, you know, wanting to really interact in these little different events. We talked about the poolside party and now the quest. So some good stuff for to check out if you haven't been on there. And I think it's going to be something that, you know, for a lot of people, it's it's a great option. It's very inexpensive and they have some great options for the cruise. I mean, it's a great experience and it's just, you know, for a getaway, it's hard to beat. Exactly. You, you can't go to the Bahamas for... One ninety nine. There's no way you could go, and deals are out there all the time, especially in the fall and the winter. So if you haven't tried it, give it a shot. I promise you, you'll have a blast. Awesome, Michael Poole. You are a scholar and a gentleman. Thank you very much for joining us once again on this episode. Until next time, thanks, Matt, and I'll see you at sea. Part of my wanting to help you have the best possible Royal Caribbean cruise experience isn't just talking about the best restaurants, cool things to do on board, or even what's the latest news related to Royal Caribbean. It's really about helping you with your individual questions, whether about planning, saving money, where to eat, or really anything else going on on board. So I invite you to email me your questions to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com so I can answer them here right on the podcast and help you as well as others who may have similar questions. This week, we're going to dive right back into our email bag, starting with an email from one of our good friends, Christopher Percy. And Christopher writes to us, Matt, I am very jealous of Victor's recent cruise on Quantum of the Season, episode 75. What an amazing adventure. Glad to hear about his positive feedback on Dynamic Dining and the Wi-Fi on the ship. I appreciate his comments on the different dining venues since this gives me a nice heads up when we're planning our dining options on Quantum. What's there not to like about their Skyloft suite? Very jealous again. All the shows sound like they were very good too. Great overall feedback. Thanks, Victor. Chris, always a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you for the email. Next, we have an email from Keith who writes, Matt, I found your website while inquiring about information on Quantum of the Seas months ago. The countdown to Quantum was very interesting, and it became a daily visit to your site. I actually will be boarding the Quantum the day you were returning from your group cruise. A couple questions. As a Diamond member, I was wondering what about the drinks that are available in the Diamond Lounge and how that works. I've not been on a cruise with a lounge yet. I believe I may have read that they are doing things differently now, possibly offering drinks in a certain time period. This may influence my decision to buy a drink package, so information on this would be appreciated. So you heard right, Keith. If you're a Diamond member, you get to go to the Diamond Lounge in Quantum of the Seasons, one of the ships that does have one of those. And in the evening hours, they're going to offer you drinks, uh, complimentary, that you can pick from. And usually what's happened is that people just flock here, as you might imagine, free drinks, who's who's not interested in free drinks, and get kind of crowded. And Royal Caribbean kind of got cognizant of this because obviously they want the best possible experience for everybody. And, you know, they just expanding a Diamond Lounge isn't really in the in the cards. And, you know, it always varies, right, from sailing to sailing. Some sailings, there's more diamond members than other sailings. So it's hard to tell, really, you know, what kind of demand they are going to have. But more importantly, they want to make sure that their guests are going to have a great experience. And if you're a diamond member, you're at the upper echelon of the Crown and Anchor Society. Royal Caribbean wants to recognize you, and rightfully so. So starting in about June of last year, 2014, Royal Caribbean started a new program where they were every diamond Diamond Plus and Pinnacle Club member had loaded on their CPASS card three drink vouchers for each night of the sailing. Vouchers would expire daily, and drink vouchers were available everywhere except for the main dining room, the Windjamere, and any specialty restaurants. The idea, again, is to get people to go to other places, not crowd into the Diamond Lounge. Doesn't mean you can't still go there. Again, just a means to hopefully spread the crowds out a little bit and not make it so darn crowded in there. And again, make people happier. I think it's a great idea, actually, because if I'm a Diamond member, I'm not. I wish I was. But if I was one, I think this would be great because now I don't have to go to one particular room. I can go anywhere on the ship, virtually anywhere, I should say, and be able to get these drinks, be able to have a little different ambiance. Maybe I'm there with friends who are not Diamond members, and we can still enjoy a drink together. So 
it's not a bad idea, and it should be rolled out to the entire fleet already. And on Quantum of the Seas, I expect that to be the case as well. I think he does another question. Do you know how the new paperless value coupon books work? I found great savings with those, so I'm curious about them. Absolutely. So these coupon books, you may remember them if you've been on other Royal Caribbean cruises. Crown and Anchor members would get these little book of coupons that they could use around the ship. They'd be for things like get, buy one and get one free drink at the bar, get a discount on the spa. You get uh, you always got the, the slot coupon. It was the worst coupon in the world because you go to the slots in, in the casino. You get one free slot pulled. It's on a particular machine. No one ever won anything on there. I, I'm convinced no one ever actually won. I'm sure maybe like one person in a bazillion won, but... You'd always, at best, you'd always get that little keychain. Anyway, eh, people did it for fun. Uh, that's some, there were actually some really good coupons in there, though. I did enjoy one was the match your bet at the casino. So if you were going to go to one of the tables and like roulette or poker, it would actually match. So if you put in five bucks, Royal Caribbean would give you an extra five bucks. Essentially, not a bad deal. It's free money, and you know little things like that. Again, the discount at the Pets at Sea store. You get the idea. Anyway, they have these books. But now Royal Caribbean's phased them out and they made them digital. And digital meaning instead of getting a book, they're actually just preloaded on your CPAS card. So when you get to your stateroom on embarkation day, you should find, among other pieces of paper that are waiting for you in the room, a piece of paper that says all the coupons that you have as part of your Crown Anchor Society. And it's basically a little piece of paper and it's going to list them all in, in order. And these are the different coupons you can use. It's up to you to remember to use them. It's good and bad, right? The, the good is, in the old system, you had to remember to bring the coupons with you, which I never did. Nine out of ten times, I'd be like, oh, I forgot it in the room. All right, I'll get it later. And then I'd end up not using it that particular time. Now, everyone keeps their CPAS on them because they have to, so it's already with you all the time. So that's great. So the bad about these new paperless coupons is you have to remember to actually use them because you don't actually have any coupons to remind you. Unless that you lose that one piece of paper, it's very easy to forget that you have a coupon for something, especially the things that are kind of like often the, they may not think of automatically. Like I always thought about the casino match and the free drink or something like that but you may forget that you get a free coffee drink somewhere or something at, at Johnny Rockets so I don't know I think that little piece of paper that's very nondescript and just lists everything is easier to not think of after like a couple of hours and so you just gotta remember to keep using them it's different before you had to remember to bring the coupons now you have to remember to actually you have coupons and which what they are not a big deal, but it's a little bit easier now. You're just getting your CPAS card. There's no remember forgetting to you know go back to your stateroom to get the coupons. They swipe the card, bam, you got it. So it's good and bad, but in the grand scheme of things, it's probably an upgrade. So they are available to you. Just make sure you check them out before when you get in your stateroom to see what you have. And Keith has one last question. Finally, I've been checking frequently to see if anyone's posted a cruise compass on your site. Will you be posting that before you get off your cruise? I'm a daily reader, and what you say, you certainly do a great job with your site. Thank you very much, Keith. I appreciate the compliments. Thank you. Actually, we already do have some quantum cruise compasses. I try to put them on there in general as I get them. I try my best to try to find them. I, you know, cruise compasses are kind of a weird thing because you have to have someone actually take the time to scan them in or send them to me. And so when I get a chance to find one, I absolutely post it immediately. And you can always check it. You go to RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com right in the top corner. There is a link for cruise compasses, and if I remember, I'll put a link in the show notes to make it even easier for you to find them, and we try to get them as often as we can. Heck, if I, it was up to me, I'd have one every week for every single ship in the fleet. I'm not quite there yet, but that's the plan, and we already do have a couple of quantum ones on there, Keith, so you can go check that out, and hopefully that'll help you out there, so thank you for the email, Keith. Next, we have an email from somebody who didn't put their name. Oh, the worst. Don't forget to put your name in your email so I can give you credit. So somebody sent me this email and wrote, just discovered your podcast. Think I've heard you before on a Disney podcast in the past. Like mine's LOL. <laughs> Planning first cruise for our family of five. Husbands, me, daughters, 18 and nine. Son who's going to be 11 at the time of our cruise in February 2016. 
Feels like this is a good time to book with the current promotion Royal Caribbean is doing. Leaning towards an Eastern Caribbean itinerary. Not sure which ship though, Freedom of the Seas or Oasis of the Seas. Also, Ocean View connecting two rooms, not balcony, because it makes me nervous with the kiddos. Any suggestions on which ship and does the Oasis offer much more? We're an active family looking forward to exploring ports. I'm listening to older episodes and trying to catch up quickly, but thank you for the help. Appreciate it. Wow, great email there. Good question. So, Freedom of the Seas or Oasis of the Seas? First, let me say, can't go wrong with either. They both have their benefits. I would tell you, though, assuming money is equal and like there's not like one is significantly cheaper than the other, I would definitely point you towards Oasis of the Seas. It's Look, it's the flagship of the fleet. Actually, Allure is, or Quantum is now, but you know what I mean. It's among the top ships in the fleet. Freedom was the top ship before Oasis came on, so you're talking about a 1 and a 1A, really. But... Oasis and, and Allure of the Seas, they both present really, I feel, the very best Royal Caribbean has to offer. And if you're going to pick one of the two, I'm not sure how much experience you've had with cruising with Royal Caribbean before, but if you've never done the either, I would definitely lean you towards the Oasis class. I think they're just, it, it's amazing. It's like, it, it, I, I use analogy a lot on this podcast, and I think it's absolutely true. It's like choosing between cuts of steak, right? I mean, they're both really going to be really, really good. But some people just prefer filet mignon a little bit more than maybe the New York Strip. I don't know. That being said, again, I really think that Oasis of the Seas is just a little bit better. They've, they've just got... It's a better total package. Now, Freedom of the Seas had gotten a refurbishment, is getting a refurbishment as we speak. Probably by the time this podcast comes out, it's going to be coming back into service, I think, in about a week or two. They've added a couple new restaurants, Giovanni's Table, Sabor, oh my god, and a couple other things. But Oasis has Sabor as well. And it's just... I, if you got to pick between the two and there's no other uh, influences on you, like Freedom of the Seas is like $500 or $1,000 cheaper, I would go with Freedom. But again, all things being equal, I would go with Oasis just because I think it is the better, more awesome ship because of what it entails. I mean, Freedom, they've been trying to make Freedom into more like Oasis since Oasis came out, so that kind of tells you a little something. But again, if you were to go on Freedom of the Seas and say, man, I'm going on Freedom, is this a mistake or anything? I would say absolutely not. It's a great ship. Heck, I'm going on Freedom of the Seas later this summer, so please don't think that's a negative or a slight against Freedom. It's just you're you're choosing between two amazing ships, and i got to be honest with you, I'm going to pick Oasis if that's the case. So hopefully that will help you out there. And of course... We can answer your questions as well, including that person who didn't include their their name. Don't forget, email me, Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. I love reading the emails. And please don't forget to give us a nice review on iTunes. Those reviews really make a difference in the podcast and helping others find it. So if you have a chance, just go over iTunes, give us a quick review, and I will read all of them on the air, as I promised you. So if you write, leave one nice in there, we'll be sure to read it back here and give you credit for helping out the podcast. So until next time. I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.